Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes and the show notes all in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Matt Miller is the founder of School Spirit Vending, a Texas-based company that provides year-round passive fundraising for schools around the country. Matt started out in the military as an Air Force pilot, then moved into the corporate world. Through it all, Matt had always been fascinated with the idea of creating passive income. He was determined to find a way to make money while he slept. It was far from easy, but he says he has found the path and is now working to share his method with as many people as possible. And in doing so, he says, creating a win-win for everyone involved. Matt Miller, thank you so much for joining us for Standout. Hey, Cheryl, thanks for having me on. And people who are watching us on YouTube can see that you are in your vehicle. (laughs) And I appreciate you going out in your car because I know you were saying that internet has been a little bit uh, of a challenge. So uh, thank you for doing what you can so that we can make this interview happen. Yeah, that's one of those things. You you get to a point where you can live wherever the heck you want, and then you decide to live out in the middle of the country where... There's lots of space and you can see the stars at night and then sometimes the internet doesn't work. So <laughs> here we are. Well, what I love already about you and your story is that you do whatever it takes. And I know it hasn't been easy. So uh, I want to start with your startup story. And and I know you're going to address this, but you are a, f- a former Air Force pilot. So thank you for your service. But I want to start with how you became an entrepreneur and some of the challenges that you had to face to get to where you are right now. Yeah, it's it's a pretty crazy story. I mean, you think about it, you know, Air Force Academy graduate, entrepreneur, you know, the obvious progression of career is to become a vending machine operator. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> no. Uh, so anyway, um, I. Uh, spent 13 years total in the Air Force. And the one thing I learned about my time in the service is I didn't like being told what to do. So once my commitment to Uncle Sam was up, I decided to get out and go out into the corporate world. I knew I could make more money, have more freedom in the process. Well, I started working in the corporate world initially um, in the hospital medical field for a while, and then transitioned into uh, into the advertising space. And my first full year at the company that I worked for, I ended up being number two in the country out of 750 sales reps. Um, And just, uh, I was at the right place at the right time, but of course my military career and and all that I learned there served me well also. Well, my boss didn't really like the fact that I got all the accolades I did so quickly. And so the next year, my my quota was increased uh, over 90%. Um, the average quota cr- increase in the office at the time was 5 to 10%. Hmm. So overnight, I went from being a hero to a zero. Uh, that decision cost my family about $80,000 in commission and bonus the next year. And we ended up being going from a really good place financially to being in a deep hole. And I, all I had to do was look at the compensation plan to know that it was going to take me a long time, if ever, to work my way out of that hole. So I just got busy doing stuff on the side just to keep a roof over our head. 
I uh, collect hands and, and we sold those back for a while. Uh, talk about a gross, disgusting thing. Um, but but we did whatever we had to do. I sold books on Amazon and eBay and Alibris and Half.com for a while. In fact, my, my garage looked like a public library <laughs> for several years. Um, that actually worked out really, really, really well. The challenge was I had read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right. several years before. And so everything I was trying business-wise, I was kind of gauging versus his concept of passive income. Uh, and with everything I was doing, I was just creating another full-time job for myself. Right. Uh, and I didn't want to do that. So I kept looking. And I had a good buddy of mine from church one Sunday mention that he and his young daughters had bought a couple of gumball machines. And he was teaching them about business. And it was something they could do to make some money. They had placed them in some local area businesses in our community. And I was like, you know what? Gumballs are only a quarter, and you got to sell a whole heck of a lot of them in order to make a huge impact. But gumball machines were passive income. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the machines did all the selling. I didn't have to do the selling. So I could continue my career, do what I was doing full time, but then have these machines out working on the side as little soldiers for me doing their thing day in and day out with me not having to be there. And so I bought my first used candy and gumball machine on eBay for like 32 bucks. Uh, I only had about $100 that I could afford to, to spend. So about half of that I spend on learning about uh, eBooks on Amazon, learning about vending. I uh, spent 32 bucks on the machine and then the rest on gumballs and candy from Sam's Club. And, and I drove across Houston, found a guy on eBay across Houston that had the machine loaded up my two young kids in a 98 Honda Accord and drove across town one Saturday morning and we picked up the gumball machine. And uh, a couple days later, I went out, started knocking on doors, figuring out how to get the thing out in a local area business and actually found a local uh, karate studio that allowed me to put it in. And normally that type of vending, the machines aren't serviced, but every six, eight weeks, Mm -hmm. I was chomping at the bit to find out if this thing was going to work or not. So after two weeks, I decided, okay, I can't stand it anymore. Went by the location, and there were quarters just flowing out of no this thing. No way. That's great. And I, was just, I was like, holy smokes, <laughs> this might be the answer, right? <laughs> and uh, so I went about with cash flow, um, adding machines as I could. And about a year and a half or so, maybe a little longer later, I had about 125 locations around Houston, um, had gotten into toys and stickers and temporary tattoos and all that as well, and kind of had a business. And then 07 and 08 hit, Mm. and people stopped going out to eat, stopped frequent a lot of the businesses that I had locations set up. And so I was frustrated because the amount of return I was getting for my time had dropped off significantly. Mm-hmm. And right around that time, I had a couple of young kids come knocking on my door, selling me stuff for fundraising for their local schools. The challenge was I had young kids myself about their age. These kids did not have their parents with them. I did not know them. They were going door to door in the neighborhood. And I was like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense to me as a parent um, that these kids are out doing this. So I came up with the idea of tying the vending with school fundraising, um, selling stickers customized for the school. And so that was back in um, 
that was probably July of 07. We actually placed our first test school in October of 07. And so here we are eight and a half years later, um, growing like a weed. We're now a franchise and have locations literally all over the country today. It's an incredible story with so many twists and turns, as you mentioned in the beginning. I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back to that first career you had after you left the military and how good you are at sales, where you were so good that you pretty much kick yourself out of a job is what it sounds like. So what made you so good? What is it that you did with somebody else's product that people connected with that made you so successful at this job that you had? Well, there's a couple things. First off, I think the military discipline is very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of us are not disciplined by nature. And the one thing you you find in the military is that they will discipline you if you don't discipline yourself. So you learn how to be disciplined in your day-to-day. Um, I had also done some stuff in multi-level marketing before. So I, I learned how to relate to people and talk with people, and and it kind of been in that whole self-help world for a while. Um, you know, but the real thing, and I think the reason why I succeeded so well in that industry was the fact that I was always looking for a win-win. There were too many people in my industry that were just looking to sell ads and just to hit a number that that they had set for them. And oftentimes those ads were not the right ads really for the client, but the client bought into it. So, hey, they had the revenue and they were able to make their numbers work. Me, I was always looking for a win-win. I was looking for a program I could put together for my clients that would not only be a win for them, and it would be a win for me. And in the process, my churn rate for my clientele was very, very low. I also found a sweet spot where I was literally working with the owners of small to medium-sized businesses. So there was not having to deal with all these levels of bureaucracy, mm-hmm. You know, people that were looking to justify their existence in some of the bigger companies that our company worked with. I was sitting down with the owner, and we were making decisions together. They were busy running their business. They were hiring me to do my thing so that they didn't have to worry about it. And so I was able to work with the decision maker. We were able to put together extensive marketing calendars and programs. And then they went back to doing what they were doing. And I went about doing what I was being paid to do. There wasn't a lot of the whining and dining, the, you know, going to baseball or sporting events, <laughs> all that, that also oftentimes happened in our, in our uh, industry. It was just me and them. And I bought them lunch every now and then, and we'd sit down and do what we needed to do over an hour or two. And then we'd both get back to what we were doing. And so these people kept coming back to me over and over and over again, because they were realizing a return mm-hmm. that far exceeded what they were paying me. Right. So they were excited. It created loyalty in them and it created stability in what I was doing for a career. It was it's like a partnership. You were really a partner in their success and then they in turn became one for you. So Correct. fast forward to that first gumball machine or that first vending machine that you bought. It sounds like it was a pretty tough time. Like it was a is a tough time financially and you're thinking all right, I need to try and make passive income and let's see if this will work. 
Did you go back to some of the other business owners that you had relationships with, or were these new people that you were trying to sell on this new idea? Will you hold on and, you know, sell uh, my gumballs for me, you know, by letting me use your space? You know, I intentionally kept the two separate. Mm. I didn't, I didn't want there to be any confusion over, okay, is Matt the gumball guy or is he the marketing and advertising guy? So because of that, they were, they were all separate from the very beginning, because here's the thing, even though I was frustrated at my career, um, and it took me a couple of years to kind of get back in the swing because of that early decision, I had freedom in my career. And I knew that if I went to work somewhere else, the, the world could be completely different. They could be asking me to be in a cubicle every day, you know, nine to five. And then all of a sudden the freedom I had would go away. So I sucked it up. I ended up spending 10 years at that company. And um, I was a top performer through most of my time there. But I was also like a duck on water. You know, you see a duck just kind of sitting there, right? Mm -hmm. But underwater, it's paddling like there's no tomorrow. And I was paddling like there was no tomorrow outside of my career to where where five years ago, uh, when I went in after a, a, a sales meeting and asked my boss for a few minutes afterwards and put in my notice, he was floored. He had no idea it was coming because I had completely kept the two separate with intention and it had continued to fulfill my end of the bargain within my career. So now the business you have related to fundraising for schools using the vending machines that you have, how does that work? You have partnerships with schools or do you make the partnership with the parents? Uh, it's actually with the schools. Okay. And once again, we've created a system that is a win-win-win. Nice. It's a win for the school because we create passive income for them. It's a win for our franchisees because we show them, in many cases, our folks on our team are already wildly successful in their careers, but they're looking to do something else. They're looking to create some more security for themselves, much like I was. And they're also looking to develop a, a family business that can get their kids involved and teach their family, their kids some things along the way. And so we partner with them. We show them how to do what we do. In the process, over time, they create more security for themselves and their family in a passive way while supporting local schools in the area. Hmm. And then, of course, in exchange for having put it all together and figuring this out and having a proven marketing system and a a proven system for all that we do, you know, we get a little benefit from everything that they do as well. Um, you know, we've got a team that's just growing like a weed. I've got some crazy successful people that, to be honest, I'm humbled that they've decided to be part of what we do. You know, there's one guy on our team, he runs a $300, $300 million company. And he reached out to me about a year ago saying, I want to start a business. I want to do something with my family. And I'd like to one day replace what I'm doing because it's a real stressful situation. I mean, that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's just one example of, of the type of folks that, that we've got reaching out to us saying, hey, we want to be part of what you're doing. Show us what you teach us how to do it. <laughs> well, let's can we go back to how you created this system? I mean, is it just you, Matt, or do you have a team? When you were after that first gumball machine, you realized you had something. It sounds like you were, I mean, you were running around a little bit. It might've been passive, but you were in your car driving from place to place to place. So when did you realize you needed help? 
if you did realize you needed help? And then how did you grow that into a business that gives you this passive income? Well, I don't know if you're familiar with a company called Coinstar. They're the they're the company that has the coin machines in yeah, the grocery you, store. Like you put the coins in from your socks yeah. or whatever, and <laughs> they yeah. count it out for yeah. you. Okay. They they were also the ones that started the red box DVD oh. machines that yeah. are in most locations oh. today. I don't know. I don't that. know if they still own. I don't know if they still own the red box or not. But anyway, I'll never forget. I was watching a show called the Donnie Deutsch Show. Show yeah. it was on CNN. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Big Idea. Yeah. And Donnie had the CEO and founder of Coinstar on there. Okay. And I, I don't know the guy personally. I know nothing about his story except for that short interview. And I saw the guy, man, he was dressed to the nines. He had the cufflinks. He had the, the, the tie that was tightened way too tight. Right. And I was like, well, the guy's got a, over a $100 million company, and that's awesome. But I bet that company owns him. And to be honest, I don't want to dress that way. <laughs> you don't love that look? Uni- you don't love that look? <laughs> I, I wore a uniform for 13 years. And man, I, I mean, you see how I'm dressed now. This is kind of the way it is, as fancy as it gets. But so anyway, I remembered that and I was like, you know, I don't want a big company with a bunch of employees and a bunch of headaches. Right. So from the very beginning, we started out with a distributorship model because I knew owners would take care of their own business yeah. and would have a lot less headaches and hassles. There wouldn't be as much money for me, but if they owned it, I could I could profit from a licensing re- agreement or relationship with them. They were the ones out doing the work. Right. They were the ones out investing. I was get, just getting a small bit of everything that they do. Okay. And over time, that has amounted to a lot. Of course, now we're a franchise today. It's slightly different. There is a franchise fee involved for them to get started, though it's very, very low, comparatively speaking, in the franchise world. And um, in the process, I've got a lot less headaches. Mm. Now, about a year and a half ago, I the team was growing so quickly that I had to finally stop being a solopreneur. And I've hired a few employees. Uh, we have a number of contractors that we've worked with for years and years. And slowly, we're building out an organization to support this ever-growing team that we have. Hmm. But I was a solopreneur. I mean, literally, Cheryl, this is going to blow you away. I worked out of whatever house, whatever chair in my house my wife would let me stay in for up until two years ago. <laughs> we finally built an office addition on my house where now last uh well april two years ago was when that was finished and so now i have my own personal space and of course i'm normally there if the internet's working right not in my car (laughs) but um but anyway i mean we did whatever we had to do and we bootstrapped this thing the whole way and um you know i've burned the candle at both ends for a lot of the time there was a period of time here uh, about seven years ago where I was in so need of seed capital for my business, I I probably did the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. I went and asked for a job at Pizza Hut. So I was building my business, I was working full time, and I was delivering pizzas for 18 months at night for wow. Pizza Hut um, just because I needed seed capital during the summer to, right. to grow our business. Right. And it was temporary. I knew I wasn't going to have to do it forever, but I, I got a laugh, you know, the look on the guy's face, who's actually a franchisee of ours today, who hired me at the time. Um, 
And then, of course, the first time I was wearing my cute little shorts and my Pizza Hut hat and all that, showing up uh, at one of my friends' houses, them not knowing that I was doing that, you know, ding dong, pizza delivery. Oh, Matt. You know, I'm sure they're thinking, well, what happened to you? Did you get laid off? You know, are you living out of, out of a van down by the river? Why are you delivering pizzas, you know? But, you know, I wasn't doing it for them. I was doing it for me. And that was a step I had to take at the time. Well, I mean, you saw the vision. You, you didn't think about the the pain of today, but what what you could see in the future, which is really remarkable because not a lot of people have that vision and that mindset to do the work right now. So that's pretty incredible. Right. So today, I, I didn't have a choice, you know, yeah. to be honest, yeah. I didn't have a choice. Right. Because so. it, you were saying it's for seed capital. So you needed it to, in order for the business to grow, to get to where yeah. it is today. So when people come to you then, and they, and they see it, they see the dream, they, they understand the, the vision, I guess, and, and want to be a part of it. How do they work with you? How how do they become, I guess, part of the family? It's a franchise now. So as you said, you um, you get a franchise fee or they pay a franchise fee, but then uh, but then they kind of learn the system and then they have their own business. So then right. how many franchisees do you have now? Uh, we've got about 55 franchisees. That's great. Uh, we're growing at a pace right now of about five franchisees a month. Um, wow. I've actually had two school spirit vending universities is what we call it in the last two weekends where we've had we fought fly, folks fly into texas um to a place they've never heard of before stephenville right <laughs> and, and uh we we treat we treat them to some texas hospitality and we show them all, all the ins and outs ups and ups and downs of what we do and and then of course we've got a bunch of support systems in place to help them moving forward We've got a mentorship program where we link them up for six months with one of the veterans on our team who's been around for a long time uh, so that they've got kind of that, that coach um, to help them get going. We actually fly out in support of them for several days at the very beginning, helping them begin to market and get this thing going in their area. So there's a lot of things that we do because, once again, I'm not successful unless they are. Mm -hmm. And I have failed if they have not succeeded. Right. So we take that very seriously. Um, it's not just about, you know, the check we get at the very beginning. No, the goal is for us to, and our families to grow old together. And in order to do that, we have to be willing to invest in them um, as they learn how to invest in their business and put this thing together for they and their family. So really, you are again, in this situation, trying to create that win-win, a win for you, a win for them, win for everybody. Truly. So right. now that you're dealing with entrepreneurs or people who think they want to be entrepreneurs, what are some of the mistakes you see in people as they try and become their own boss? So, I mean, you're giving them the opportunity to be their own boss. What are some of the mistakes that you're seeing that, um, that you can address that, that, that you help them through, through your university? You know, I think a lot of it is, the biggest challenge people have is just having a long-term vision. Really? Yeah. This, this is not get rich quick. In fact, there's no such thing as get rich quick. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, um, over the next several years, we can teach them how to make a major impact for themselves and their family, but it is going to take some time and it is going to take them learning some new things. Most of the people who come to us, have never in their mind ever been a salesperson ever. Um, and 
even though if they're married, the best sales job they ever did was with their spouse. So they've definitely got that, <laughs> you know, some experience. They, they've just never, they've just never ap- uh, um, applied that in the business sense. So we didn't, we demystify that. We show them how it's really not that hard. Um, but kind of the longer term vision, I think, is is the biggest thing that we help people overcome. We help them see, you know, you and I and most of us in our careers have been taught all our life, trade time for money, mm-hmm. 40 hours a week right. plus, And that's how you get ahead. That's how you provide for your family. Well, all of a sudden here, we're teaching people how on a couple of days a month, they can put together a business that in the next several years has the potential to make them more money on a part-time basis than they spend working 40, 50, 60 hours a week working, doing whatever they do. Because most people don't understand passive income. They've never seen it really work for anybody that they know unless they happen to know somebody in the music or or movie industry mm-hmm. or they know somebody that owns an oil well somewhere um, or maybe maybe somebody with a bunch of rental properties but um, most of that is so out of reach or out of touch for most people we know that most don't see it as a possibility for them and so when we demystify it and we show them listen I know it's only 50 cents, but you would be surprised how many 50 cents go into your, that machine. Right. You know, we've raised, we've raised three and a half million dollars for education in the last eight and a half years. Wow. 50 cents at a time. Right. I mean, that's crazy, you know? Um, so it's not some little rinky dink thing here. It's, it's ended up becoming a really, really big deal where we're making a huge impact for the schools that we work with. And then, of course, the families that we serve as well. We like to talk about habits on this show. And I know you probably have some really good ones, taking from your military background to your entrepreneurial one. What habits do you carry out on a regular basis that you know have led to your success? You know, I think the biggest one is getting up early. Hmm. And there was a period of time a few years ago that I did not do that, um, just because I had gotten a little bit comfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean, we homeschool, so there's an added oh, dimension wow. to what we do. My wife is the teacher, I'm the principal and the janitor. But anyway, um, uh, you know, I find that if I get up early, I've got several hours in the day that I've got to jump on things before anybody else in the house gets up or anybody else that I'm doing business with is up. So it allows me to really focus. I get to have my quiet time and and, uh, and, and get in the Bible and that type of thing. But then I also get to focus on the task at hand and, and knock some of those tasks, you know, down before anybody else is even up and around. Um, so I, that's one of the biggest things I think, um, you know, another thing is just not, not quitting. Like I said earlier, I did not have a choice. We were in such a bad spot and I was so committed and convinced that I could figure out how to make money while I slept, that I was going to do anything that I could. And the thing was, you know, there's a lot of people that do that and talk about that in the internet space right mm-hmm. today. I mean, they're everywhere, mm-hmm. but still, to be honest, for me, a lot of the internet is kind of voodoo kind of, I, I don't understand it because mm-hmm. of all the data and the, just all the, it's, it's too big for me to, to really understand. I could understand a quarter 
in a gumball machine mm-hmm. or 50 cents in a sticker machine. Right. And even though I flew airplanes and have done some pretty cool things, I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm not real bright. I've just learned how to apply the, the talents that God gave me in a way uh, over an extended period of time that it's ended up proving, proving, you know, out many would have quit long ago. And, um, like I said, I just didn't have a choice. Well, I think what you're saying is that you can make money while you sleep, but in your waking hours, you put in the work. So I I don't think, and and so I think people, when they hear, I want to make money while I sleep, I think they think that I can make money doing nothing. And that's not right. what you're saying. <laughs> you work pretty hard for the money that right. you make while you sleep. So I think that's the right. difference, that mindset that you're okay to work hard in your waking hours. Well, we kind of have this microwave generation, right, yeah. where we want everything now. Right. You know, LeBron James is an example, arguably one of the best uh, basketball players ever to play the game. Well, we hear about, you know, the multi-million dollar contracts and the the, uh, you know, the deals with Nike and this and that and the mm-hmm. fancy car and the multiple houses and all that. And we all think that Le- LeBron just rolled over one day yeah. and he just had that. Right. No, he, he has spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours perfecting what he does. Mm-hmm. And if LeBron has to do that to make what he does, for us to think that we don't have to do that as well right. is silly. We're fooling ourselves. Right. You know, Malcolm Gladwell in his book, uh, What's outliers, outliers. Mm-hmm. talks, talks about 10,000 hours mm-hmm. to really be considered an expert at anything. Mm-hmm. Well, so if you want to become an expert at whatever your giftings are, get busy putting in the 10,000 hours because there's not a shortcut. And if you're willing to do that at some point in time, you will see the rewards. Um, unfortunately, most people don't ever get that far. And they give up along the way. And that's sad because they, in many cases, are so close to breaking through, um, but they get weary instead of sticking with it. How can people get in touch with you, Matt, to learn more about you or how to be part of your family? Well, a couple things. First off, my email, Cheryl, it's just Matt, M-A-T-T, at ssvbusiness.com. Okay. And if it's all right with you, I'd also love to give your audience a a free gift for anybody who's interested. Um, We've set up a landing page just for the standout audience, and they can go to ssvbusiness.com forward slash standout. Great. And we've got a short ebook that I wrote called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 Reasons Why You Need to Start a Vending Business. And it's just 10 things that I've learned over the years that most people don't associate with what we do that I think will be very eye-opening for them. And then from there, if they want to talk specifically about what we do as with a franchise, I'd love to talk. Or if they just want some more information on vending, I had a lady reach out to me yesterday from another show saying, hey, I just want to learn about this vending thing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to exchange emails. Hopefully we'll talk and I'll help her out in whatever way she needs. Just because I've seen the impact it's done for me and and you know approaching 100 families Within a, with our team and all the support people for our business. And, uh, and I know that we can help others in the same way. Well, thank you for that gift. And we're going to link all of that information, put that in the show notes for the show at CherylTanMedia.com. Before we go, I just have one last question. And I think I know the answer, but I'm going to have you answer it, is <laughs> what makes you a standout? Wow. Um, you know, I, I've been a big dreamer. I believe in the American dream. 
You know, I believe what we've been taught all of our lives and uh, too many of us don't take advantage of it or, or truly believe it's real. And I believed it. I bought into it. And, and today we're living it. You know, I, I joke with folks that, um, you know, someday I'm going to write a book called The 13 Years to Overnight Success. <laughs> you know, the, the challenge is nobody will read it with that title. So we'll have to come up with some fancy title like Stand Out something, you know. Um, but the reality is, like I said earlier, it does take time. I just bought into that and, and we are finally starting to live that because I did. Well, I'm proud of you and proud to know you and congratulations. Matt Miller, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Cheryl. Appreciate being on and God bless you. Same to you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Standout. Matt mentioned a free resource he is sharing with Standout listeners. It's called Live Your Dreams, Top 10 Reasons Why You Need to Start a Vending Business. I'll link to that free resource at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 14. It has been an honor to connect with so many forward-thinking entrepreneurs. The best way to get their stories in front of more people is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. If you'd like to be reminded when new standout episodes come out, you can sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.